Welcome to the Quantum Feedback Podcast. I'm your host, Tino Beth, and join me as we embark upon a journey into exploring the bridge between science and spirituality, between the embodied state and the out-of-body state. And we explore the different dimensions, the different contextualizations, the stories that people have experienced in their out-of-body experiences. So let's dive in to this mini-series all about the phenomenon of being out of your body, of experiencing new depths and perceptions, new awareness and consciousness, and the new realizations that come as a result of seeing life, your life, and that around you from a whole new perspective. Welcome to episode number 26 of the Quantum Feedback Podcast, part six of the Out of Body Experience series. I'd love to dive in and hear, you know, about your experience, like, you know, where you were and how old you were and all of the above. So the last time must have been at least two weeks ago. Oh, yeah. I, I have them pretty frequently, though, just as I'm falling to sleep. It's pretty easy to recognize when I'm slipping over into like a dream state. And most people would say it's sleep paralysis, but I just call it the hypnagogic state because truly I am not paralyzed. Like if I need to, I can take like three or five seconds while I'm underneath and like pull myself to, then I can immediately move like regular. Mm. Or if I subdue to it, that's where I can kind of go into it. Mm-hmm. And like you can there's a couple different methods found. yeah falling asleep on your back is terribly hard but that's definitely the best way to induce it hmm. interesting I, so you can you can yeah, like you, you're you're pretty active in this role i i wouldn't say active but i've definitely experienced more than other people on meeting let's just say <laughs> but I've also noticed if you lie down on your stomach, it's much harder, but you can still do it. I've only done an astral projection from lying on my stomach once, and mm-hmm. it felt like I was stuck to the floor the entire time, which was strange. <laughs> Where do you put your head? You don't put your head straight onto the ground, do you? You got like put your head to the side, left or right or something? That world is so abstract sometimes, but at the same time, like I would call it crawling almost where I feel like I'm slugging through that world where on the other hand, like a lot of times, especially if I'm going into it while I'm on my back, that's where you experience first, like you go into paralysis and then you usually can see the room around you as it is. And this is where some people experience frightening instances of a succubus or incubus or some frightening terrorizing image it's just the amygdala acting up which controls the fight or flight sex drive and a couple other really animalistic traits that we still carry and that's Mm -hmm. most active during 
a hypnagogic state. So hmm. I, I believe a lot of people go into it and experience fear. You yourself, you said you've toyed with it. And like the first couple of times are definitely very interesting, but scary. It's almost like, do I actually want to do this? What are mm-hmm. these feelings? They're pretty intense, especially mm. when you go into it. Mm. But now I've pretty much trained myself to know when I slip into that state and I can choose to either try to take conscious control or just go into a dream state. One interesting thing about me, though, is I can almost always dream immediately after falling asleep. Whereas some people need to wait two and a half, three and a half hours for the REM cycle to pop up. Mm. So I'm not sure how that's messed with my sleep, but yeah, I would love to hear about your experience too. That's, um, that's interesting. <clears throat> that's interesting. Um, well, I, I guess speaking of dreams and the dream escape of that, I, um, I had a situation where I was in, you know, like living my life, like I had a place and everything was all sweet and normal. And then I was, you know, I went to bed and I woke up and it was like, I looked at the clock that was next to me and I woke up and it was pitch black. And my girlfriend was asleep next to me and I was like, okay. And I looked at, yeah, the I've clock. had the pitch black ones. And I was like, looked at the clock and it was two o'clock in the morning exactly two zero zero and i was like okay cool i'll just roll over and go back to sleep rolled over closed my eyes and i woke almost immediately i, I opened my eyes again and i i saw myself like i saw my awareness seeing through the eyes of an indian boy maybe like four or five years old starving on the streets in india and then oh, that's definitely a powerful image yeah, and then I, I proceeded to be stuck in this body of this Indian boy um, for th- three seasons, like three cycles of seasons. So I experienced like three winters, essentially, and like day after day after day of um, mind-numbing, starving experience of hardship and suffering. <laughs> And then, you know, it all, it, you know, and this is a real quick version. Um, and then it all culminated in this boy, this Indian boy being so starving on this last winter, um, being so hungry and we're living in cardboard boxes at the time. That Was this you living in them or this no, it was vision a, it, you? Yeah, received. it was like me being in just me being a witnessing presence within the life of another boy, like another person, an Indian boy, you know, living on the streets in India. And um, so I was just like there, like an innocent bystander, like a fly on the wall sort of thing, watching. I couldn't really like manipulate things or I could just observe and learn. And, um, you know, and then I witnessed this physical body pass over like it actually like started to let go of this need to be alive because it had nothing to be alive for and it was already starving and very weak and very cold and then that physical body started to let go of that essence of life and I was there as a witnessing presence through this whole 
transition period from being encased in this body to being in that now another out of body, the white light, you know, infinite landscape of, of, you know, of, um, of that life revision. And then we revisited this whole child's life and got all those learnings and lessons again. And, and then I witnessed there was some coaches and guides in that experience and they then helped that boy, that consciousness to navigate his next journey. And I was like a, a fork in the road and I went, took my thing and, and took my learnings from that whole thing. And then I woke up in my bed again and it was three zero zero on the clock. And I looked at my clock and I was like, Oh my God, that was like, that was only an hour. And I felt like that whole experience was three years. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely wild. <laughs> For me, projections are always in my body and I always have a sense of self and identity while I'm in them. Mm. Like you can definitely do some crazy things. So I've definitely noticed like seeing other entity entities, whatever that may be, or however my brain may conceive them mm. just under that state. And you can combine with them. I'm like, I've had feelings of like pure euphoria after that, like on numerous occasions, combining with other en entities you're talking about. Yeah. And then I've had a couple, I believe they're called hypnopombic states. So hypnagogic is when you go under and then hypnopombic or pombic is mm. when you start to wake up. You also go through transitionary phase. I've had a couple where I die and instead of waking up, like I experience something else and I go into that, which is a strange one. Most people experience the one going into it, but coming out of it, it's a really hard one to catch. Hmm. Wow, cool. Sounds like you know a lot about this and you've been researching quite a bit. Yeah, I've definitely done my best to try to explain it for myself subjectively and not to take it from a fundamentalist standpoint. Although there are a lot of good ideologies and spiritualities that do include the astral realm in its work. So Kundalini would be one that's really great. And then some other... Egyptian and Asian cultures also introduce a lot of that stuff. Mm. Cool. But one way to look at it is American religion is kind of like a very bad spirituality. <laughs> How do I put this? Um, very bad. You can speak freely here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like taking a day trip to like all that could be and then picking like a really bad one to just manipulate the masses for whoever is in charge to think it'll work. I truly believe it originally came out as something that m was meant to do good in a time where society was so savage, they needed some guidelines and it wasn't the end all end all. But like a lot of people do see it that way and I don't fully, or I don't support it, but like those are just my thoughts on that. Mm. But they don't, talk about dreams much in that at all which is like a crazy part of human consciousness they talk about dreams where these people will literally write down their dreams and they'll call that the passage in the bible like what the fuck mm. there's also other forms of spirituality that explore a lot of that though mm. Mm. so sky take me through the process that that you go through when you're going to bed like say last night for example like what, what, what are you doing? Like, what's what's your normal routine for bedtime? 
Uh, for me, getting to sleep is quite hard. I myself do have ADHD, and through meditation, I've learned to really calm that, and that allows me to become more in tune with my higher self, you might say, but just be able to go into that without messing it all up in the process. Mm. I, but honestly, I just go to bed when I'm tired. If I try too early, a lot of times, like I'll just sit there. Versus mm. if I'm like really tired, I can go into it pretty easy. But mm. retaining consciousness while underneath is a bit harder. Mm, interesting. But so you, you've noticed, differentiated like, between retaining consciousness while you're going into you know, this astral protect, um, projection or, or travel and then between retaining consciousness and not retaining consciousness. Yeah, so if you don't retain consciousness the whole time, you actually could go into what's called a lucid dream, but it would not be an astral projection. Astral projection is an induced thing. Like, it very rarely happens on accident. I've mm. definitely had a couple experiences as a kid where I'd fly around my room and then I would realize what I was doing and be like, whoa. And I would, like, see where I was. And, like, you know, definitely some wild experiences. I started attempting lucid dreams when I was on the early stages of high school. So, hmm. uh, yeah, with astral projection, I've had some, like, very cosmically wild dreams. I don't know. I'm not sure if you've heard of remote viewing or... yes just esa in general yeah or esp i guess not bad yeah i uh, yeah like the possibilities for all that stuff are endless but i've seen some wild things definitely mm, sounds like music to my ears right yeah it's like I how do we know. get back Getting, there? like a population well it stems from something that's fundamentalist but the problem with that is there's an idea that science is only right, whereas stuff like this doesn't usually happen when it's being recorded as often. Mm. Like it's happening kind spontaneously. Of phenomenons, yeah. They're I don't know. You can't really like get a recipe that, for it, yeah. like a cake. Absolutely. So. Hmm. Amazing, and then so. Can you, um, I guess, <laughs> just trying to follow the trail of consciousness in terms of what what you're doing and what how you're, um, you know, like finding yourself, you know, like the really bridging the gap between your physical consciousness and your wake state, and then you know drifting off into the dream world. Like, what happens next? Like, you lay down. And in the perfect situation, you close okay. your eyes and I'll you find yourself asleep. I'll kind of walk through it right now while I'm laying down. Okay. Yeah, so I definitely close my eyes. I put my palms flat down on my sides, like belly side up, of course. And keep and going. If you, if, you, if you feel something coming on, like just keep going with gotcha. it. Gotcha. A lot of people actually find it easier to do this without the pillow, but I don't think it makes too much difference, at least for me. Mm. You want to make sure there's not much on your body that would cause your attention to jump to it. So especially noises too. You don't want your attention to jump to something. You want it to subdue. Mm. So as you go under, you start to notice your like thought patterns and you get better at 
calming them down. You can do breathing exercises. Uh, yeah, so sometimes I'll breathe in for four counts, out for four, in for eight, out for four, in for eight, out for eight, in for 16, out for eight. And you can eventually just like slowly, slowly breath down. Hmm. And that will actually take most of your mental power. So you're not really thinking about your thoughts too much. And that really helps, especially if you're not tired in the first place. Hmm. But as you go down, uh, a couple things do help. One is tapping your finger repeatedly. Uh, your first two fingers, actually, alternating them back and forth, pressing on the bed, pretending like you're playing an imaginary piano. And what this does is it allows you to fall asleep while still being in control. So as you get closer and closer to sleep, you slowly move your fingers less and less until you're purely moving your fingers in your head. And you're still doing it. You're just not doing it physically, and you're still there, just doing it in your head. And then eventually you just know you're there. Uh, the astral state uh, state is very strange i've had some where it's all black outside you know i've had some where there's colors everywhere and spectacular Hmm. i've had ones where i felt like i've been next to a black hole and it's trying to consume me right before i finally snap out of sleep paralysis (laughs) i definitely think the transitionary states are the really crazy ones because that's when some form of your consciousness and subconsciousness is connected. Yeah. And merging. You can, yeah, truly. You're not one or the other. You're both simultaneously. Yeah. So I've definitely found that the quickest way to train your consciousness is to train your subconscious first. So you could give yourself your own mental affirmations or whatever you need to get through. Yeah. what you're dealing with so like yeah i definitely think it's fascinating that that science hasn't fully been explored although it, it's been attempted to be <laughs> well they probably just don't even know what the um the measuring stick to explore it with is how can you measure something like yeah that I mean. wild so. <laughs> yeah <clears throat> How I think about it is, how would you feel if you could have a little machine that if you could actually correctly make it, you could just transport anywhere you want and like see whatever you want and do whatever you want. Mm. Like, yes. And this what opens up the you portal. would go through to be able exactly. Because I'm not saying it's a portal, but your imagination is infinite. Like, yeah. That's the crazy thing about human consciousness. Yeah. Yeah, so that's really like one of the biggest callings for me doing this work is, you know, really trying to like minimize the layers of the veil that are really like stopping us from being able to access our full capacity. Yeah, you know, whether it's just in a, in a, in this sort of a state to begin with, because this state, if we do this state. We're going to be manipulating, you know, the physical reality over time. Yeah, potentially. Mm. It's actually crazy when you can start to manipulate a dream reality. And, like, some people might call that magic or just dream magic. Mm. But it was explored, actually, uh, around 500 AC. And I'm sure before that, too. 
but like it's definitely been explored especially by like pharaohs and egyptian mm. religions so have you um stumbled upon many resources of of um of this kind of you know nature in terms of you know investigative material yeah so if you want to look up this one thing discretion advised as you do not condone anyone uses this but try looking up uh blue lotus and its effects as a tincture oh yeah if that can set you on some path but (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm a i'm a herbalist by trade or one of my lifetimes i I, uh, recently just finished a um a herbalist um preceptorship with my father so definitely gonna find some blue lotus flowers and (laughs) yeah Make some blue lotus tincture. See what that's see what that's like. Actually, a friend of mine's given me some, but I haven't really um, explored the full potential of it. Yeah, it's supposed to be used to induce a lucid state as you fall asleep. That's mm. its true nature, or for parties because it puts you in a really good mood. For yeah, I haven't used it for that. Yeah. Really quickly before like our time's up, I as I start to go under and I've really quieted my mind. I'm in. I'm doing my breathing exercises. Eventually I reach a stage where it feels like my body's a puddle almost at times. Like it's extreme relaxation Mm. and I've heard other people call it a vibratory state, but like, it just feels like my entire body is asleep and like my leg was asleep, but it's my entire body. And eventually that starts to raise up. You could like will it to, and eventually when you know you're asleep and you're in that hypnagogic state you just get up and you're there in a sense it's not like you're walking around and you immediately try to check and you try to fly in the air that would be an attempt at a lucid dream but yeah the astral world is definitely crazy is that like is is what you just described then is that a feeling where you're you notice that you're you have an awareness of your body being numb, but you're being you're you're experiencing a different, you know your your energetic body. You've you know removed yeah, yourself. So from I'm the, still there, and I can hallucinate my physical reality through my eyelids. Mm. And like I pretty much know what's going on, where my body is, and like, but there's a sense that like what I'm experiencing isn't the real. Or I'm not sure if you want to say it isn't the real, but isn't what's happening while I'm awake. Hmm. Hmm. And then yeah. you can just kind of let that take over while remaining conscious of it. And then you can either choose to like go do things on the astral plane, like literally walk out your door or try to pass or something, like go walk down the street if you can or do whatever. And like the angle, which is kind of cheesy and cliche, is to fly to the moon and back. <laughs> but that doesn't help in overnight by any means. One thing I found is while I'm in that state, actually getting metaphysical, instead of trying to go anywhere else, sit with myself and go in. Mm. Like while I'm already in that state. And then it's like, whoa. Because not only am I underneath and like in a different realm, I'm not even trying to go anywhere else. So I'm going further into that. It's like inception. Almost, but like not as big of a rabbit hole. <laughs> well, well, you're just going in, into your own meditation within your own, you know, yeah, ast- yes. astral realm. Yeah, that's definitely 
wild to think about, but yeah. Yeah. What do you find when you're in, in your own meditation within your, you know, your astral aspect? I do get to places where nothing exists. Mm. And like, those ones are weird. I've had some where I'm just on a rock and like, if anything needs to be there, I have to make it. I have to do it. Or I have to will it or some sort of thing like that. But if I sit and go in, like, it just gets trippy, dude. It's like watching cartoon and within a cartoon, it's playing another cartoon. Mm. So, like, it's just stuff that doesn't truly make sense. But mm. Narratives are all sort of mixed. Yeah, but not a dream mm. per se. So mm. You can also, uh, like, get better at, I wouldn't say teleportation, but creating your reality while you're underneath. Like, through that, like when you do sit still in meditation in an actual state, mm. like if you were in a fearful state, you could definitely go to a worse one or experience bad sleep paralysis. But if you're in a good mental state, you can definitely raise your vibrations is what they say in Kundalini mm. from fear to love. And that allows you to open up so many more possibilities that were before locked just from being afraid of that experience in general. Mm. And then create create a reality within that the landscape of your awareness. Yeah, you definitely could. A lot of times I don't even create the reality, though. It's just like the world and I experience it. I can fly around and go to it sometimes. Mm. I just appear there. I'm like, it's not like I'm going, I want mountains there. And I just <laughs> bring them up with my arms while I'm flying 50 feet in the air. <laughs> <laughs> which is still a possibility but oh absolutely once you mastered it and that would be fucking tight (laughs) that's not what i'm saying for now we still gotta start with training wheels is what you're saying and that's just yes absolutely and like some people have had a much further head start like especially people who are trained by shamans when they're young or i don't know there's a lot of people i meet in my day-to-day life that have not try to experience their dream states whatsoever. And like I opened it up to them for the first time. Like it's mm. not something a lot of people talk about or even go into. So mm. when was the first time that you really started to tap into your dreamscape and explore it? How old were you? I, I want to say either middle or high school, late middle of school, early high school. I definitely had some where I was full on flying around my room. And a lot of times, even today, to change the direction, I'll kick sideways off a wall. <laughs> Whatever direction I kick is direction I'll go. Mm. Like I developed that in either my eighth or ninth grade year in school. And I'm a second semester junior in college currently. Mm. So it's been a little while. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> What are you studying in college? Are you studying this sort of stuff? Well, I was a second semester music business student, but I'm studying to switch my major over to Bachelor of Science and getting a software degree or programming one, something of that sort, just because it's a very reliable job market and something I could see myself doing. Yeah, interesting. You can create that um, that app. Yeah, maybe. Like that neural app that connects your brain to... Yeah, that would a be cool. Virtual reality landscape with the goggles if you on. You could actually write it. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
not impossible theoretically. No, I mean, I mean, what, how do you feel about this? You know, what we call reality, physical reality, being, you know, within the holographic framework of a, of a computer program in and of itself. So what I would say is just don't question anything. Like, especially if you want to experience your lucid states, like if anything weird happened, let your brain's response to it go, let that impulse go and just let it happen for what it is. It's almost like a form of stoicism, mm. but uh, eventually like nothing would really freak you out when you go into a sleep paralysis or an astral projection or became lucid or experienced nightmares and have to deal with it. Mm. I've definitely met a top, ton of people who once they've attempted they've then started receiving nightmares and they were just so much more aware of them mm. and i bet that sucks but <laughs> it's just like be like water like don't have a you know don't hold any positions when you're in that state because the holding on is going to get in the way of the flow of it all thanks sky for joining in and um and, and giving us a download on on your your experiences and, and, and what's going on. So I'm always looking and I'm always open to hearing these stories and learning and gaining the insights of the mythical out-of-body experience. So if you've had an out-of-body experience that you'd love to share with me and with the rest of the world for that matter, hit me up on Instagram at Quantum Feedback and just direct message me, say out-of-body experience and that way we can, you know, we can book in a time, we can connect. And I love to hear your story and I love to share that with the world.